Hey, my name's Sajin, and you're listening to the Go Wild podcast. Hey guys, it's Paul here again with another Go Wild podcast, and this week I'm super grateful to have Sajin on with me. In this episode, we talk about his new album, Perspective, which has just come out, and also we talk a lot about how he's got into the music industry, how he got into production, jobs that we didn't deserve to get and a lot about how as independent artists and just in life we struggle with mental health i'd love to know what you think of the interview so stick around to the end of the podcast to find out how you can get in touch with us my name's sajin noriel um and i am from seattle washington you have a new album come out it's your second one it's called perspective it is yeah when did that get released uh it's dropping on may 6th it's a wednesday uh this feels like a very personal worship album um every track kind of does what the title says it shifts the perspective on life is that right yeah um i mean yeah i guess like the the whole idea behind it was um you know i went through a lot of kind of like eye-opening and like just difficult things uh in, in the last year and uh I think it, it helped kind of push me forward into, um, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, relationship with God and, and uh, you know, maybe even like things in my theology that were that I had believed, um, you know, that we say or, you know, we'd never really like say them out loud, but things that we believe that aren't true. Um, so, yeah, I guess the, the um, idea of the album is, is that thing perspective, like, um, you know, how much how many of our problems, how many things we worry about are a matter of perspective. Mm hmm. So your first album um, has a lot of hints to the second album I found, like production-wise. So like the second album has brought a, together a lot of your recent sounds as well as your first album. Um, and you've added some new stuff in. Like the massive guitar sounds in like Lightning um, just come out of nowhere. Like it's not something I've heard in your production before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think the sound's like evolving. Um, uh, and... I would I would say you're right. I think it's a it's a good kind of mix of the two um, of the two styles, kind of like the the older thing, which was which was more. Uh, I think it was like kind of always like trying to com- combine like the pop sound and the hip hop sound with like the contemporary worship sound. And um, I think this is kind of trying to just drive that a little bit more. I tried to. Um, I think I felt the most free in creating this one. So um, it's got a lot of kind of um, wacky effects and stuff in it, but I like <laughs> yeah. it. Because lyrically, your style hasn't changed much, but I'd say yeah, your, pro- your production has changed quite a bit. Like, if you listen to your first album and then, like, go to Good News 1, like, there's kind of a mass... You can kind of hear hints of it in the first album. Like, you're going for the hip-hop-type vibe, but suddenly, it like, it seems like something's clicked and it's like you suddenly found the sound. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would think it's that way. And, I mean, I think... I mean, I feel like you would know that too. It's kind of like as you make music, you know, like you kind of like start out, at least for me. And I was like, I don't, you don't really know exactly. Mm. You like, I want to make music, but you're kind of like on discovering what you want to do. Um, and so I think like the more you release and the more you create, the more you kind of like find what you want to, what you want your sound to be. How do you feel looking back at the old tracks? I mean, it's one of those things like I, I, I like them, obviously. I think, mm. I think it's one of those things you just got to come to terms with that it's like, you're always going to look back in like five years and be like, oh, I feel like I could have done this differently or, you know, whatever. Mm. I could have done something. I can't better. listen or, to my first EP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. It's the same thing. It's like I don't like listening to stuff that, you know, I've released. But I think um, it's like part, I think viewing it as part of the journey, mm. part of the process. You're yeah, like, for well, sure. you know, it's like it's part of what, you know, it's building blocks. Mm. 
So Lightning, the first single that came out from the album, mm-hmm. your lyrics in it are very simple, but it's very personal. So you can tell you, you write from your story and the rap kind of gives a slight hint of that as well. Um, mm-hmm. The whole track though does, and the whole album, like I said before, feels very personal to you. Are you mm. writing from like specific stories? Like is Lightning based on a specific story? Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of the record, all of the record was um, from a place of, um, you know, like I said, this last year. Um, and I mean, without going into um, incredible detail, I like, <laughs> you know, I went through a, um, I went through like a really difficult season with like anxiety and depression and, and panic attacks and I, and my health as well. I, I had the uh, f- um, food allergy kind of thing where I couldn't really eat anything. I was allergic to almost every, you know, food and um, that, you know, kind of tanked my health really hard and I lost a ton of weight and mm-hmm. um, all I could do is lay on the couch and, you know, that, that kind of that spot kind of brought me back to uh, what's really important, which is why, you know, the album is entitled uh, Perspective. And so I think a lot of these songs came from, you know, places of trying to um, really, because in that spot, the only thing that was important to me, because I couldn't do anything, was like, okay, well, I just, I, I, I guess I just, I need to spend time with God. He actually has to be my number one priority. Mm. And um, so, yeah, a lot of the songs are pulled, I think, from from those places of kind of conversations with God. And how do you think, like, has the mental health stuff, like, improved? And how's that, like, how have you worked through that sort of stuff? Because for me, that's something I've struggled with, is anxiety and depression is something that, uh, is part of my story as well. Yeah, I mean, so like I, it's absolutely, it's definitely improved. I think, I think um, it had been something that was building in me. I think for a few years, and I, I didn't really want to address it because I didn't have to. And I was, you know, I think when we're busy in our lives, like something about um, that's interesting even about now is um, people are forced to slow down. And um, I hadn't, I hadn't slowed down, but I'd recently, you know. Um, after or shortly before starting to write this record, I had left my job. Um, so I didn't really have any kind of certainty as far as like how I'm going to make a living. I, um, you know, was kind of doing music stuff, but didn't really know where that was going to go. And on top of that, like I had all this health stuff going on. And so I, mm-hmm. I was finally came to a place where I had to stop. I didn't have anything to do. And that's when all of the anxiety kind of came to a head and sort of like rose um, to a point where it wasn't uh, manageable anymore. And um, I'm thankful, though, that like, you know, it's like one of those things where you don't facing it is painful, but mm-hmm. it's also rewarding. Um, and so it was a journey. I think the biggest thing was like, I think God, um, you know, because I got to a place where I was like, I have a decision to make and mm-hmm. I can either continue to try to live in this and cope and, you know, just try to get by or you know, I believe that Jesus came and died so that I could actually improve and have and have freedom. Mm. It doesn't mean that my life's going to be problem free or I'm never going to, you know, deal with anything. Um, I don't think that's even a biblical concept. Like it says in this world, you'll have trouble. That's what Jesus said. Um, but he also says, take heart for I've overcome the world. And so um, I think it really started the healing um, process when I felt God say, like, I need you to prioritize spending time with me every day. Mm. Um, like, like actually just like, and not for the sake of filling out, uh, you know, a proverbial, you know, time card to, to punch in so that you feel good about yourself or you feel good about where you are with God or whatever, but just like for the pure sake of knowing him. Um, and that's when I really saw because just being around him, man, is, is so healing just because he's that good. And so that was where I think a lot of the healing began. Yeah. I mean, I've just gone through a similar thing as what you said. Like I just had to, I had to leave my, a job that I had because of anxiety and I didn't realize it was creeping up on me. It was only until yeah. my wife was like, hey, you do know you're not okay. And I was like, oh, 
yeah okay and you know you go through the process of trying to fix what's going on and um you're kind of like in denial about it and i had the choice of like do i have money and be depressed out of my head and like anxious and a bad husband or you know can't do i cancel this job and then move on but be a better husband and maybe not have as much money but can we figure this out so even making the decision is kind of like brings on anxiety because you're like i don't know what to do um yeah man i I think i have like a holy spirit gut feeling where i'm like i know i need to leave but i don't want to (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i mean in my case it was the same thing like i I got offered a promotion and i was like gonna be making good money and you know doing everything um that, that, that on paper looked right but it was the same thing man and i think it was god man just saying and like, hey, you step back, like you need to focus on, you know, getting better because it's going to impact, you know, later mm. on in your life. And I love that, man. And thank God for wives, man. Like you mentioned, my wife is amazing. <laughs> she, um, she did the same. She was, she stood, you know, there and kind of was in the, very integral in that process of like, you know, you should probably focus on it and getting better. In Lightning, you're using a lot of guitar stuff. Um, was yeah. guitar like the first thing, like first instrument you picked up? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, um, like, I first got into music because of, uh, you know, I initially had taken guitar lessons and stuff, and then, I like, a lot of my, like, early on music uh, involvement was, like, with the church. I, w- I would play guitar on worship teams and stuff, so uh, um, that was, like, the first kind of mm-hmm. my, my introduction to music. How did you then get into production? Because you produce all your own stuff, right? Uh, yes. Um, so, like... I, I got into production because of I, I got this job that I didn't deserve to get at a um, <laughs> at a media company slash like record label and so um, I was working there um, for I worked there for about five years um, but like I, I kind of got thrown into this thing and I really think it was the Lord because I didn't there were so many people that were way more qualified than me to get that job but um, I just uh, got to be around some really rad people uh, and they kind of like taught me. Um, you know, a lot of stuff. And so some of them are still, um, you know, uh, are people that I work with. Like some of the guys that like taught me a lot of stuff, I'll still, you know, take stuff with them, like to them and we'll work mm-hmm. on stuff together. Um, we'll co-produce stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's how like I started first getting in. Cause we were just, we were mixing and mastering like commercials and every once in a while doing like a, you know, a score okay. or something. Um, and so that's how we got into it. Anyways. Nice. I managed to get a job in web, web and graphic design with experience and nothing else. Wow. <laughs> so speaking of jobs you don't deserve to get it's in like an online bingo company it's mad just that's suddenly amazing. was working like for a year before i moved back to manchester um that's so cool <laughs> yeah so i've totally been there done that where like the first day you're like open photoshop i think <laughs> i know it's like i don't know what to do i've never done this why am i here? <laughs> so you now do a lot of production work with a lot of other artists as well um yeah i mean that was like a newer thing as of uh so I left that job that I was at. Um, and so now I'm just doing uh, like music full time. So I've been doing like, yeah, production for, for other artists and trying to, you know, work with people as much as possible. And there's kind of a little community, um, you know, over here in Seattle, too, that will um, that will work, you know, kind of together, too. How do you find working on other people's music versus your own? Because I've tried to produce for other people and I hated it. I couldn't do it because I'm very good at doing me. So I'm very good totally. at doing wild but as soon as you take me out of wild, not that good. How do you find that balance of having your sage and sound and then producing for someone else? Yeah, man. I mean, it's hard. I, I think I definitely enjoy 
just being free and like making whatever, you know, making like being you, like you said, do, doing you and just like making, making that stuff that just comes naturally. I think that's like the most fun because you get, you know, you just get that kind of like high in the studio and you're like, this is amazing. Cause you can try to like bring to life, you know, whatever ideas are there, yeah. but it's just different. Um, <laughs> because at the end of the day, you're executing someone else's vision. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I had uh, earlier on doing it, like I had a lot of frustrations cause I'd just be like upset. And I mean, I think it took a lot of honest conversations. It mm-hmm. helps. I think that a lot of the people or some of the people that have gotten to work with are like pretty close friends. So, okay. We could have like some of those conversations, you know, they're pointing out all these things that they want. And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, I don't know if you've been in that situation, but I feel like I've been in those situations when you're, you're just trying to work on something and there's like three people in the room and they're like, Hey, can you do this? And can you do this? And can you, why does it sound like that? Make <laughs> yeah. it sound like this. And you're like, I'm just, just please shut up. <laughs> work on something. I would send rough mixes to people and then they would point out every floor in the mix. And I'm like, and you're like, it's no, a no, rough mix. It's a rough mix. Just tell me if you like the parts. Are they okay? And if so, then I'll mix it. Um, I, I know. That was my frustration. But then I would always get put in. I would be producing different styles. So I'd had someone like come to me and want a full-on EDM house track. And I'm like, you've heard my stuff, right? I don't do that. Or like the total opposite way, like some sort of 90s, 2000s jam I think I had before as well. And I was like... I can give it a go, but I don't make this. So like, yeah, that's when I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it, it's hard. I think I think there's like, I think it's important to try to find it. I'm still trying to work on that, like finding your kind of niche, like kind of spot where you're like, mm. this is. I know I do this really well. Instead of trying to spread yourself too thin, because mm. um, I can totally get that, and I feel like I've been there too. Where it's just like you're trying to do like ten different genres, and you're like, <laughs> I don't I don't do ten different genres. I, I do one, you know. But. Because then you've also just got a new project called Internet Heroes, and that's with a few of your mates. Oh um, yeah, man. I mean, honestly, we started doing that just because of uh, because of TikTok. Like, there's so much like <laughs> um, so much content on TikTok, and like a lot of the songs are like fine, but like a lot of the ones that get big are just kind of like it seems like they're kind of just thrown together. Mm. Um, and so we figured we would just have fun with making songs, like. I, I'll honestly too like there's a lot of those songs that like you listen to them and you're like there's people doing dances to them and you're like wow this is a cool song but like you know and it's not true for all of them but some of them are like super just vulgar <laughs> or yeah. whatever and so we're like well what if we could like put out some songs that are like good they don't necessarily even have to be like christian you know mm. back lyrics or whatever but like just put out some some good songs just like feel good songs and stuff but that are at least like somewhat uplifting mm. um so, so you that got, was the thought behind that. Currently, you have two tracks out, right? Woke up and don't yeah. touch. Yeah, so we just have those two out, and then we're um, we're just working, you know, on on kind of building a catalog for that to put on. But that's definitely kind of geared more towards like social channels. So, from my own experience, being an independent like producer and artist, that you're trusting a lot in God to figure stuff out. <laughs> um, yeah, which you kind of talk about in the track called Trust, um, and it's that's with another indie artist called Cass. Um, I think, yeah, that one was, um, that one was interesting cause it was like right at the point where I felt like things were like beginning to get better, mm. um, with like all the anxiety and depression and stuff. And so I, it, it just kind of came out of like, and then you can hear it, you know, in the, in the chorus or whatever for whoever, you know, listens to it, but it's like, you know, it came through the valley, walked through the fire, your grace is amazing. Like we not, we're not, we're not denying that problems are there. Um, you know, but like we made it through like God's faithful and like we made it through that. Um, and so, um, that was kind of the story with that one. It was like, right when I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like we're going to be okay. This is going to, this is going to end and God's faithful. And, um, and yeah. And then, uh, 
my friend Sam, who was one of the guys who like taught me initially mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff at that job, he um, still works with me a lot. And he kind of threw out the idea of like, hey, like, you know, it's been a while since, you know, because Cass and I had worked on that Chris Holland track called Way Up. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we never, we hadn't worked since then. And I'd mm-hmm. never really done anything um, individually, you know, um, mm-hmm. working with her. But she's like so amazing. And every, I feel like everything she touches just blows up. And she's, she's so rad. So, yeah, we like shot it over to her um, and she killed it. So the, the interlude on the album... Mm-hmm. It's a powerful track. Like, who's so first off? Who who's the vocal on it? Is it you? No, it's not. It, well, uh, it's two different people. The vocal, the the end vocal, mm. like the rapping vocal, is me. But the other one is uh, is my friend, my friend Dominic. He's like, uh, I just asked him if he'd like pray. You know, it was oh, okay. kind of in the midst of all of the yeah the COVID stuff, and I was like, man, like just say a prayer or whatever you feel led to mm. to say about you know God's heart for people, and so yeah. The interlude starts like a normal spoken word, but switches up at the end when the bass kicks in. When I first heard it, it sounded like another track based from your story. But when you frame it within what's going on with COVID, speaking about God not causing pain and stepping into the kingdom of God and trusting him in the process, it kind of sheds a new light on the track for me. Yeah, it's it's super. I mean, yeah, because like he, he'd written sort of like that prayer. Um, just, I don't know. I know he's an amazing dude. Uh, and he'd written that prayer. And I think that really resonated mm-hmm. like with... I don't know, just like the the state of people and the state of the church. And like, I think the part that I'd written was like more kind of like in looking in hindsight of like, okay, like, you know, this is some stuff that I feel like, you know, maybe I've been going through and now it seems like the world is going through. So do you have a set way of writing when you, when you're writing tracks, like does a production come first and then lyrics or does it, is it something that changes every time? Um, let's see. I mean, I think sometimes it depends on what kind of, I think it depends on what kind of track it is. I really mm. personally love just like vibing to stuff. And so like, I think if it, the biggest thing for me is like trying to get inspired by sound. So most of the time, that's why I start just at the, at, in a DAW, at the computer mm. or like open Ableton and just be, you know, messing with something. Cause I feel like if you can catch like a wave mm. in some sense and be yeah. like, okay, like this is really sick. And then I, th- I think everything else comes naturally after that. Okay. Um, but there's rare times where like, you know, it'll be, it'll be lyrics first. Um, but most of the time it's, it's not. Do you use a lot of samples and stuff? So for me, I would scroll through like splice or something and wait for something to catch my ear. Mo- like most of the time to then make a whole beat kind of only very occasionally when I like be playing on a guitar and suddenly a, a track comes out. Oh, for sure. I mean, I love splice. I think it's amazing. I, <laughs> I typically, um, I'll use, I'll use samples or like manipulate, you know, mm. try to manipulate a lot of stuff. Um, I'm, I mean, like I said, like, and I think um, maybe, I think a lot of people in our kind of circle, um, came up like in church stuff and so like I yeah. really love all those like kind of like patty like synth textures and stuff mm. I feel like that are like so prevalent in like worship sets um, but like yeah I, th- I think yeah either like going through splice or um, sometimes just honestly one of my favorite things I get the weirdest sound that I can um, with like you know just drop like 10 effects on an Ableton <laughs> mini track and play something through it and just try to like and then freeze it and then you know put more effects on it and like try to do something like that because I feel mm. like, I don't know, there's just something about that, the explorative process where it's like, I really love those sounds that are like, you know, when you listen to it and you're like, I don't know exactly what that is, mm. but like just as a baseline, you know, and then I think the fun part is like after you get that, um, try to get to a spot where you can make it, you know, sensible to like the listener. But yeah. anyway. How do you find going into like a church setting? So, because for me, I... I 
I would do all this like electronic cool stuff and then I have to go play at church where it's like I'm playing Lion and the Lamb for the hundredth time especially I suppose as a vo like vocalist and songwriter like can you see any way of your songs being used in a church yeah I mean I don't I haven't I hadn't really thought about it in the sense of like corporate worship like I do I do definitely view it as like worship songs and I, I think they're written from the from the place of like wanting uh, to to encourage like and, and turn people's eyes to Jesus and like bring an encounter mm -hmm. with with the Lord, but um, yeah, it's, I think it's interesting because like just because of the way that church music is now, and it's not a good or a bad thing. It just is. Mm -hmm. I feel like what it is like it has kind of a sound, and there's sort of like a standard setup for like you know you got your electric guitar and you got your keyboard slash pads and you got your drum set and your bass, and then there's gonna be that's like, kind of like the thing like it's gonna sound like you know we know what it's gonna sound yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And that's and it's an amazing sound, and I'm super thankful for that. I don't know. I, what do you think about that? I feel like it's just it's a weird thing because uh, of the way that music is in churches now. Yeah, I mean, I I got asked I think like two or three years ago. It's like, can you ever see like electronic worship being a thing? And I was like, I don't really know, because it would take a lot for that to change. Because I mean, you see what like Elevation Rhythm are doing, and you see yeah. what like Young and Free are kind of doing. I mean, even Young and Free have kind of moved away from like EDM. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're kind of just. I mean, their uh, best friend was like almost like a like a '90s throwback, like yeah, exactly. Some it's Blink One Eighty Two kind of thing. Or suddenly something. doing one way again. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, for me, I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's interesting. Like, if I can't see church becoming electro an electronic worship set, what does that look like for my live show? And I, so I haven't done anything live yet. I don't know if you have. Not so. really, like okay. once or twice. Because I don't know if you have the, all the same as me. Because I produced the track, I'm like, oh, I want to play it as well. And I don't. Yeah. I'm not like you where I sing and write the lyrics. I'm. I just play the instruments and make it sound decent. Um, so I want to play it live. So then, it, then you get into that whole thing of oh, I need to find singers and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And then it gets a bit crazy. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard. I feel like I, I feel that, especially in the it's i think people are still figuring out how to do that well and like the hip-hops mm. or and or like electronic um genre is, I, live shows are weird because i mean you can only do so many shows when it's like a hip-hop concert and it's like cool mm. and there's some maybe high energy but like i feel like you can only watch it for so long like when someone's just running around on stage shouting lyrics yeah. to a track or you know if you're djing like going to i know like djs are amazing but it's like if you're djing something it's like if you can only just like play a track you know for so mm. long if you're not going to have any kind of yeah um you know customization there so i think i'm i'm super huge into that too mm. i think as much as modular or as like creative as you can be live i think is, is yeah. really great cuz like lord's child like montel fish does a load of like worship nights with his stuff yeah um, yeah jonathan ogden's done a few bits um so I've seen it, I've kind of like seen it around and you can kind of like grab ideas and stuff, but it's also hard because you see all the churches do it and they've got massive budgets and we're, I'm like here with not a massive budget <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from like, right, like, how am I going to do this with my guitar and my MIDI keyboard and my laptop? Exactly. And it's like, how much are those big screens behind you? Oh, a lot of money. Okay, great. Well, that's, <laughs> that's out of the yeah, question. Exactly. No worries. Another track off the album uh, kind of carries on the same theme of trusting God in different seasons of life. Um, yeah. I suppose it kind of like follows the same story if everything was kind of written within the same area of time. Yeah, that one was like a, a another one that was kind of like because the whole I think the, to me the whole record is like a journey, um, 
in a real sense, like kind of kind of timeline wise, and also mm. just um, like progression of like thought and kind of like you know just the journey of like coming out of the out of anxiety and depression and coming you know into like oh like you know God is really who He says He is like mm. He's so much better than I thought He was you know um, and so yeah that song was definitely. Um, it was written like kind of as a, as a, as the same thing, I guess the anthem of that song, along with like a lot of the many, many of the other ones was like, it was this kind of realization of like, we think that because, you know, we, especially as Christians, like we're like, oh, I follow God. So like, that means like, you know, if I, if I quote unquote do a good job, then that means like, I'm going to be blessed and we don't even, you know, but it's like, what's your definition of blessed? And sometimes our definition of blessed and God's definition of blessed is different. Um, we think like, oh, I'm going to be blessed. That means I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to have like tons of money and I'm never going to have any problems. And it's like, that's not even biblical. Like if you, <laughs> Jesus never said that, he said you will have problems. If you look at the I wish it the was. Apostles, <laughs> I know, you know, it's like, but then we get mad at God because we're like, God, like how come you didn't do what I thought I should have? And it's like, if you read like Acts, like these guys were like, killed they went through they consider it says you know these guys they get it flogged and they considered themselves privileged that god allowed them to suffer like for him like it's like i mean that just will flip your whole perspective on stuff you know and so the, the whole point you know long story short of that song is kind of that it's like no like my the point of my life is to know god the point of my life is is to it says knowing him is eternal life and so the point of my life is not to have no problems it's to have no worries I suppose looking back on the whole album then, was it intentional that the track listing was kind of your journey through that time? Because you start with fight and end with thankfulness. Yeah, and it all kind of came together super weird because like that wasn't really the intention, or at least at the beginning. And then um, Sam, like the um, he, my, the executive producer, kind of like took a look at it and he was like, "Oh, I think we should like." He's really good at that kind of like mm. or, organizational like thing of like looking at the whole album. And he was like, "Like you can kind of see this like progression through it if we put it in this order." So the progression of your sound from always enough to good news story um, now to perspective has. I, like I said before, it's been huge. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned to help move your work and your sound forward? Um, I think, I mean, on this record more than anything, I think it's just like, honestly, being free to like experiment and not uh, try too hard to emulate things. Um, you know, cause we all draw inspiration from somewhere. Um, and, and I, I feel like, I mean, even on this record, if you listen to it, like I drew a lot of inspiration from a uh, album called glory sound prep by John Bellion. Okay. Um, but like, you know, and I feel like you, anybody listening to it could probably mm -hmm. hear that. But, um, but I think, yeah, like the biggest thing was just being, able, being free to like kind of experiment and not feel like I had to be tied to something. Cause you go through those things. Like in the first record, I feel like I was like, oh, well, I feel like I am tied to this. Like I have to have these contemporary worship elements like that are mm. classically accepted as that. And then in the second one, I was like, well, I'm trying to go more hip hop or whatever. So I got to like have these more hip hop elements. Mm. And I think this one finally was like, well, we can do like, it doesn't have to be anything that's already out there. Like we can try to, we can try to, you know, be free to make something new, I guess. Cause you switched from something to Ableton as well, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was in Pro Tools until until this uh, last year. Um, I, so this the majority of this record was made in Ableton, okay. which is really cool because that just unlocks a lot of capabilities. Like, um, you know, I know you you're well acquainted. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like the only thing I know. If I try and go into Logic, I have no clue what I'm looking at. No, me neither. <laughs> so, like with Ableton, did you did you find the switch like open up more 
creativity because you all kind of didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, and I had friends that had used it and stuff, and so I, I knew it was capable of a lot of stuff. And like, I, I came up doing a lot of my stuff in Pro Tools, like, mm. and so it's it's Pro Tools is great for mixing and stuff, mixing and okay. recording, but it's pretty bare bones when it comes mm. to like as a production DAW. So, um, <laughs> so like, I think sometimes it's a cool thing because like because it's capable of so little, you have to like figure out ways to do stuff which sometimes in Pro Tools results in like a cooler sound because you're like I just had to make this hodgepodge of stuff to try to emulate something Ableton could mm. do in like one move but, <laughs> um, but yeah like I think Ableton really did um, open up a, yeah like that element of like I remember opening it up and being like I, I have to learn this like I don't know you mm. know but I think sometimes like you mentioned like getting dropped into those spaces can help you mm. um, almost like be more creative because you, you don't know like the accepted rules of the practice you know yeah but Ableton's an amazing DAW, man. It's like, I, it's my favorite now. It's, so, oh, it's really? so good. Yeah, I mean, I got started in Ableton because it was um, some guy who said that he ran backing tracks through church for it mm-hmm. or like for a worship conference. And this was when like electronic stuff was starting to like creep into worship music. Yeah. Um, so me and a friend of mine like basically went home from that worship conference. This was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. So Ableton was only just kind of coming out. And then yeah. it was like, I need to find any way possible of getting it. Yeah. And just started like basically remaking backing tracks through it. Um, still got no training in what I'm doing. Because I, I think I said, I mentioned I was chatting to a guy called Pyramid Park, um, an artist called Pyramid Park. And he, um, I was saying to him, I was like, I feel like I get a lot of creati- creativity in having no formal training in what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I think if I sat down to an actual, like next to an actual producer and he saw like my vocal lineup, He'd probably cry, but <laughs> and I'm there just going. Well, I think it sounds good. Well, like, and at the end of the day, that's what matters. I think we get so caught up in the the technical, you know, practical ways of doing stuff and like what's technically right. But I know so many people that like don't have the the, te- the formal, you know, training in mm-hmm. it. But it's like the end of the day, you know, it's what it's mm-hmm. it's what you're hearing. <laughs> it's yeah. like the the king. And so I mean, I know even for me, in times I've like gotten lost in like. Well, but technically, you know, it should be subtractive EQ and then, you know, your compression and the compression ratio is not right and it has to be this. And it's like, but it doesn't matter if the song doesn't sound good or does, if it does sound good, you don't need to change anything, you know? I think you've said three words I don't understand already. (laughs) I mean, no, like, I feel like I kind of try to, I nerd out about that stuff, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot, there's so much to it. There's not, I don't think nobody ever like actually completely understands all that stuff. Because like, even with music theory, like I... I think I have a grade in music theory. I'm not sure. Like I have a grade three in drums, but I started when I was three and then I've managed to become a session drummer. I've got a grade five in percussion just because it was like through a school's music service. And then everything else I've done is self-taught. I think that's amazing. That's the way, because then you figure out your process. Exactly. But also like we, we're the same age, right? I'm 25. I'm 24, but I'll be 25. Yeah, in a few oh, I'm older than you. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> um, like we've grown up in the age of we've been able to YouTube stuff. Yep. So that's how I like learned most of my production stuff is just by going on YouTube and being like Avicii sound how to, and then it's, yeah, everything comes up real. on Massive or Serum, and then you can kind of just go from there. Yeah, I mean it's incredible. You can just pull up something like that and like watch someone build a, a chain smoker sound in Serum mm. or whatever or Massive or. And, you know, or even mixing, like you can go to mix with the masters or any of those, any of those places and kind of see how people do stuff, Mm. Um, which I mean, 
20 years ago, nobody had it. Like, you'd, you'd have no idea, you know, how to, how to do any of this stuff, I feel like. We recently released Carry Me, seeing, like, your progression as an artist through that track, because it took a long time to make, because we had to, like, revisit it, like, later on. Um, mm. When we re- revisited it, you wanted to redo your vocals, and then suddenly, like, the old vocals versus the new one, like, suddenly it was like, oh, you can kind of really tell that you've, like, worked on your vocal production a lot. For sure. Yeah, I mean... That song was really, really rad, man. It was, I, I forgot, yeah, I forgot, because we did Be All Right, like, mm. how many, was that like two or three years ago, maybe? It must have, I think it was about 2017, 2018. Yeah, it was like, it was like two or three years ago. That's like, yeah. that was a solid song, man, I love that. I just loved, because you were sending stuff, and I was like, I've never, like, this is like Christian stuff, and it sounds so dope. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, I think that was definitely, when you would first sent stuff, like, we, I was still, I mean, I, I, we're always, like, you, we're always learning, um, mm stuff or whatever and so um i also like had just after you'd sent carry me the second time like i had kind of like got a new setup and like kind of redefined stuff and um you know it's like you're talking about like when you're you're just trying to learn stuff like when you don't really have i guess a ton of formal training or whatever but it's Mm -hmm. like you know just keep tweaking every time and i think that's the cool thing about even releasing music is because like you get to look back and be like it's a good thing almost Mm -hmm. that you're like oh i would have done that differently yeah um because it means that like I guess you're growing, you know? If you could give one piece of advice to Sajan before he releases Always Enough, what would you say to him? I would say, wow, it's a big question. Um, <laughs> I would say don't take yourself too seriously. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot, of, lot to the journey and, um, you know, it's not all about one thing. And I would say... Um, what else would I say? I would say like the importance of your life isn't going to be found in like, like your, isn't going to be found in your music. Ultimately, it's not going to like your worth and all of those things like aren't connected to your music. So, um, use it as an expression of worship, but you know, and I think it's going to be at its, I would say it's at its best when you're using it as an expression of worship. You got married two years ago, right? Is it two years ago? Year uh, ago? Almost, yeah. It was, it was July um, of 2018, so we're coming up on our second anniversary. Sweet, uh, congrats. This July, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <was> my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, as someone who recently got married um, and is in a similar boat to you being an indie artist, what has helped you guys in your marriage? Like, for me, it can be a bit anxious as a man because... I suppose previously the men in the marriage would be like the breadwinner, the guy to go out and get money and provide for a wife. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can't, isn't always the case. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How do you guys work here? Like, how do you feel about all that stuff? Yeah. I think that was like a, (laughs) that was a learning curve for me too. Cause like when I first, I mean, when I first started, it was a similar thing. My wife's amazing and she's a boss and she just like, I mean, when I was going through all my anxiety and like Mm -hmm. I couldn't function, like I was, I was in a place kind of, where I was like, I don't even know if I can hold a job for a little mm. bit, you know, for a few months because I was like, all I did was lay on the couch and I didn't feel like I could even have a conversation mm. with someone without like freaking out. Um, oh and so, um, but, you know, and my wife during all that time was amazing and she just was like a boss and was, mm. you know, working and, and killing it. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just, I'm, I think I'm, I'm learning because I'm learning to see it more as like a supportive thing of like mm. we support each other. Like there's different seasons sometimes like, you know, it's like, 
we're building something. It's the same way that like if you were to go be like an entrepreneur, because we are, I guess, in an, in in essence, it's like being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. If you're an entrepreneur and like you're building a business and it's not making money in the first like year or even two or three years, mm-hmm. it's like you know that in in society that's not considered like oh you're like you know you're not making enough money or whatever. Because and I and I totally get that the anxiety that comes with that, but it's like I think you know say you do in two years, cut a, a big check and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden things are different and then, you know, maybe you have kids and then your your wife decides she wants to stay home or not or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like there's just different seasons for stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I totally resonate with you, man, with the, the anxiety that comes with that because it's like, it's not the most logical decision to make um, <laughs> if you were trying mm-hmm. to live a very, you know, a very financially um, affluent life, at least at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So I totally get you. And I mean, yeah, I've been in the same boat where we're just like, all right, um, we're, <laughs> we, yeah. you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta bring in some money here. Mm. But so it's interesting. Your, my anxiety is different to yours because when I get anxious, I plow myself harder into work. So is yours like when you get anxious, do you just like totally switch off? No, I do the same thing, but oh, like okay. I, I because of the health stuff that I had yeah. going on, I, I like I couldn't, which was part of the reason why oh, like I because okay. I was like I would go I was like nauseous for weeks and I felt like I was sick because my I, because of the allergy stuff like mm. I was like my body was functioning like not very well oh, wow. so I, I was like sick and and there was a bunch of other stuff so like I didn't even feel like I had the capacity to really work uh, okay um, and so you so wanted to I, but you couldn't I wanted to but I couldn't escape it which is why I felt like I was like all right you got to deal with your stuff or else like you know in the most <laughs> loving way well thanks mate for joining me i appreciate it um your album perspective is out now everywhere i guess indeed (laughs) great um definitely go check it out i love it um i listened to it so many times this is before it comes out (laughs) i've already listened to it about 10 times on dropbox (laughs) but yeah thanks so much for joining me i really appreciate it of course thanks man Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Go Wild podcast. You can find all the links to the artists in the description below, as well as a link to Connect Radio. I host a two-hour new music show where my aim is to help you find your new favourite artist, as well as having all the new songs from the guys you already love. If you've liked this episode, then please feel free to give us a rating on where you've listened to this and also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.